I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players, and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news, break down some turns, and give you the lowdown on the low end. Chris, my boy, how is your energy? My <laughs> Oh, I really tried to kind of answer that then in like a smooth way, but <laughs> you caught me. I didn't know we were going to do a Barbie reference this early on in the game. Um, I can't think of anything. Uh, I'm going to put... Another pair of sunglasses on, on top of the glasses that I'm already wearing. My Kenergy is good. I am Kenoff. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm pretty good. How are you? Marvellous. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm feeling great. Um, I'm still riding a high from, from last weekend of uh, bass-related stuff that we did. Um, played a festival in Wincanton in the southwest of the UK, where I live. Um, and it was one of the, my favourite gigs I've ever played. It was really really good fun we headlined rock and ribs festival in my uh, tribute band uh for foo fighters um foo fakers we're called <laughs> if you want nice. to check it nice. out nice um so yeah it was really good we headlined the friday night and it was maybe one of the biggest crowds played to so yeah big big festival stage playing through an ampeg svt 810 you know that's that's the dream baby very, very nice. How were the ribs at Rock and Ribs? Um, well, as a vegetarian, I, I do not know. I, oh, I didn't know you were a horrible person. I mean, I didn't know you were a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, so I sadly was able to um, miss out on that one. There was there was actually more vegan stuff there than I thought. Not the, I'm not vegan, but like often that's like the option you get lumped into, or there's two options. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fine. We survived. We were, we stayed overnight and camped and like broke into the, the cruise after party and stuff. So it was a good time. Nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Rock, rock and roll. Rock and ribs. It was. Rock and, rock and ribs. <laughs> rock exactly. And ribs. Um, uh, so go on. How was your base related week? Very busy. Very, very busy. Ooh, so on Thursday um of last week i did my first gig with the wedding band that i've just joined the one that i did the auditions for we spoke about in last week's episode yes. and then um so that was in uddersfield no it wasn't it was in harrogate why have i said it was in uddersfield that's Adigate. nowhere near harrogate Adigate, um the little slice of the south up north i've been told which is interesting wow. basically it's well posh around there and they love the spring water. So did a gig there. That went very well. Very busy day. Um, long day, but a very good day. It didn't feel tiring at any point, really, until I got back in the car, which is kind of what you want, I'd mm. say. Um, really good wedding. Really cool venue. Really, like, engaged crowd. 
which is what you want because I've played weddings where, let's say, the reception, oh, the reception is, um, you know, you're kind of glorified background music, but this was like quite like, you know, it was almost like a gig, which was yeah. good. Nice. Did that and then Friday I did two other gigs with, uh, there's two guys that I gig with down in the Midlands called Joel and Darius um, they have kind of like a duo, but then when they have the sort of extra budget, they, they bring me in as a bass player. And we did a corporate gig for quite a big video games company that I keep forgetting the name of. Third Eye something? Third Eye Games, oh. I think they were called. Third Leg Games. Nice. Not Third Leg Games. No, not the name of our side project. <laughs> I mean, uh, third, I think they're called Third Eye something. I think they do games testing and a lot of other stuff. But they had like a summer party down in the Midlands. That's where the based. We went and did that. Really good gig again, uh, like an outdoor stage. And then after that, played at um, an army base down nice. south as well, which is very interesting. Uh, an army base that you have been to. Yeah, I've been there Jonathan a couple Dibble. of times. There, my mate lives there. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we were there the weekend before you were. So our our, our paths nearly crossed once again. Um, that would have been absolutely brilliant you, if you'd just shown up can you imagine just be like oh god oh. i don't think i think there would have been a stage invader you know i would have been up there whilst you're playing oh yeah i would have definitely i would have definitely said to you what what out of this set list what do you know <laughs> okay you can do that i'm gonna go i'm gonna go have a beer oh, uh, but that was a really good gig i'm actually gonna post um i'm gonna post a clip from it tomorrow i think or next week because i brought my gopro and filmed it all mm. That was a really good crowd, and uh, the military folk sure can party. Boy, I'm learning. Boy, can they? Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, and we stayed over the night after. We stayed over after the gig, which is very much needed because we only really finished at like three a.m. and then drove back on Sunday morning and immediately rolled straight into watching Barbie, which was, in my opinion, the best way to end a three in a row gig run. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds bloody flipping marvelous i really wish i'd made some kind of like barbie related content or like jumped on that train because i've been on that hype train for a long time and i can't believe i didn't even think to be like gotta get a pink base in or something like that um well not to give the game away but if i have time tomorrow i'm strongly considering doing a base cover of the ken song oh yes that has been the tune of our house for the last couple of days i've literally been screaming it at my girlfriend constantly the amount of times i've i've the amount of times i've said to her anywhere else i'd be a 10 yeah, is I ridiculous just, I just gonna whip that one out and obviously for those of you who don't know what i look like i am not a tanned individual <laughs> so the amount of times i've said i've just said to my girlfriend jen oh jen i wish you could see the man behind the tan <laughs> so so funny you know underrated line in that song is right near the end where he says put that manly hand in mine and it's oh. like it's so like empowering <laughs> oh, it's a great song i feel see did you know did you know um the guitars in that song are slash and wolfgang van halen what and the drums is josh Fries, the new foo fighters drummer <laughs> what now that's a super and it's band. and also and also it's actually Ryan Gosling singing because at first I thought they might have done like a vocal performer like they did with Remy Malik in the Queen film. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler alert for the Queen film, it's not actually Remy Malik singing, which really annoyed me when I first heard it. But um, 
yeah, it's actually Ryan Gosling singing because I didn't know he was a Disney kid. Turns out he was. And he's, he's, uh, he's had, it's a had great a band song. as well, I think, Ryan Gosling. Really? Yeah, I think their band was like on the soundtrack of like The Conjuring or something or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard wow. that fact today and was like, what? It's <laughs> pretty cool. Jinkies. What a cool guy. But it's a great song. I strongly recommend it. I am... Now I've said it, I feel really bad if I don't actually do the video, and I'm probably not going to do it. You've but maybe I will. Who knows? You've materialized it now. It's, it's I know happening. I've manifested something, That's but I've still got to go and do the work. Mm. It's not work if it's fun. <laughs> and, it, and it never is. No, no. And it never is. Shall we jump into our first question? Yeah, probably best. It is time for question numero uno of this week's episode. That means question one. It does. I see you've been working on your Duolingo. Yes, got my French. (laughs) Ah, I see you know your judo well. (laughs) That's a deep cut reference. Uh, Question one, Johnny. Mm. What one thing would you change about your favorite bass? caveat to start off with I think it's got your favourite bass I think it should be a bass that we already own it's got it's our favourite bass yes 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 your favourite bass or we could do it the other way where it's just like what's your favourite bass of all time what would you change but no because I don't think nah forget that it's got to be a bass that you currently own your favourite bass that you currently own what would you change about it? Yeah. I have two answers. Oh. I will let you go first. Okay. Is that two answers for two different bases that you're toying between or two it things is. you change? It is, actually, it is actually for two different bases. Oh, Mr. Picky can't picky. Um, right. Mm. For me, my, I have to say my favorite base at the minute, my, what I say is my number one at the minute, is the Squire 40th anniversary P base. Um, and I... The Adam love. Warlock bass. Yes, my two favorites. Um, I love it. I love that bass. I think it's excellent. The only thing that I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of wish this was, I wish this is a really small thing, that the maple neck was a little bit less tinted. Like I want it to be that slightly brighter maple, like a whiter maple. Oh, okay. Um, because like when when put up against its Fender counterpart, like it's an excellent looking bass. When you put up against the Fender versions of it, I go, oh, yeah, the Fender is that little bit nicer. Um, and it's, it's all in the neck, I think. It's slightly um, slightly brighter, less um, yellowish kind of maple that they've got on there. Uh, so that's a very small thing uh, about that one. I'm trying to think about... I think the knobs as well are a bit like... You know... Underneath, you can have lots of fun editing that. Um, so I, I would change that about it as well, um, I think. But like everything else, I don't think there's anything I'd change about it, really. Um, that's why it's mm. my favorite. Um, what What are yours? What are you thinking? Well, I have two. First one, I would say probably my favorite bass that I own is uh, my Squire Jazz Bass. I would say. It's certainly the one that I put the most time in with. I do most of my gigs with that bass. 
love it to bits. I would like to take the active pickups out and put nice passive ones in because I'm essentially paranoid about the battery dying. Yeah, I hate that feeling. Exactly. And because it's such, what I want to do is I want to take it to a wedding, plug it in at the sound check, leave it plugged in, and just bugger off and pick it up and know it's great, it's good to go, we're ready. Because what I have to do is I have to go, don't forget to unplug it, don't forget to unplug it, don't forget to unplug it. Mm-hmm. Or I'll come back to it two hours later uh, and go, oh no, you left it plugged in. Uh, is it going to survive the whole gig? Exactly. And unlike my music man, it's not a routed battery compartment. The battery is shoved in the control cavity with the pots. So essentially you've got to get the screwdriver out and change it. Yeah. And that's going to at least take 10 minutes. Yeah, you're fine. So, exactly, you are snookered. So, that, the other thing I'm going to suggest at the top of my head is, it's not even close to my favourite bass, but it's kind of like the ugly duckling of my collection, which again is very funny because easily it's my best looking bass. That's right, I'm talking about the Eurodyne again. So, the Eurodyne, I really like it, but you you know when you play sat down, Let's say you're playing sat down with your fingers and your right hand, your picking hand or plucking hand or thumbing hand or anything is over the top of the body. And a bit of it, a bit of your forearm rests on the body of the bass. Mm. A little bit. On most of my basses, that edge is rolled and it's nice and comfy. It's actually a bit of a sharp edge oh. on the uh, on the aerodyne because it's quite an angular thin body. Yeah. So... The only time I've really played it sat down was once ages ago with an old band and it started to dig into my forearm a little bit and it was just annoying me. So I would like to change that. But my little project for the next, I'm going to say six months, is to change literally everything on that bass and actually gig it. Nice. Yeah, because at the moment I'm not action. going to. It's a yeah, spoiler. exactly. It's a very it's a very pretty bass and I would like to actually like use it. And also I just, if I decided to, pull the plug and sell it and just think I get like nothing for it because I take the pickups out for a start because the pickups are worth the EMG pickups so they're not cheap pickups so take those out and I just think I get nothing for it essentially are those pickups passive or active no they're active so they're going as well yeah um I had a with the body issue I had a similar thing uh, and then also a problem with the bass as well. <laughs> um, no, my Sterling Ray 24 was like, it's like vintage styling. And it was great about every aspect of it, apart from the body, because it was a slab body. And like, yeah. And it sounds stupid, but like just that little contour makes so much difference. And I'm quite a aggressive, fast player, some bits. And so it really made a difference after a while not having that contour on the body and i was like ah oh, yeah this is so annoying um and that's the only thing i didn't really like about that base um but yeah it's, it's funny how things like that can just just tip you over the edge yeah like, just really tiny things can make you go nah i mean in a perfect world i don't think i would have ever i would exactly that's what she said oh exactly uh i think in a perfect world i don't think i ever would have bought the aerodyne but i've got it and i'm not just going to be like eh, i don't want it i'm going to sell it so i'm going to kind of make it my own because it is a very nice base it looks lovely it just needs a bit of love and attention i think don't we all don't we all shall we move on to the next segment 
I think we should move on to the next segment. It's time for the news. <laughs> for X Factor. I mean, the news. Um, the news. The news is here. This is your news anchor, um, uh, Johnny Dibble. Yes, that's my name. Um, it's been a news-packed week. My goodness. Or last two weeks. Um Chris, I'm going to start off with probably the most recent bit of news and one that uh, you alerted me of as soon as it broke. And I was like, oh my God, it's here. Dark Glass, finally, Dark Glass have released the Microtubes X900. So that is the Microtubes X pedal in a head format. Finally, people have been asking uh, about this head for ages. You know, they've done all the other of their main kind of powerhouse pedals um, in amp form. So it's only fair that we get a lot of people's favorite pedal in the amp format. We've not had that circuitry anywhere else. Um, so it's really, really cool to see it in this 900 watt class D amp. Um, are you excited about this one? I am actually. Um, it causes no surprise, or it should be no surprise, that I've been a little bit critical <laughs> of a few things Dark Glass have done recently, mainly the little pedals and mm. stuff like that. But I do. This amp looks really good. The features look really good. It sounds really good. If you've not watched it already, you should watch uh, podcast alumni Eric's uh, demo video of it. Sounds really great. The bass channel have done a fantastic video as well, talking about it. Um, I have not watched the Patrick Hunter one yet, but I'm very far behind on his videos, I'm not going to lie. And I mean, like, I haven't watched one in well over a year. So, <laughs> anywho, um, yeah, I like the sound of it. I, I like, I, I've never owned an X7 or an X Ultra or anything like that. But as a proud owner, I don't know why I've called myself a proud owner, as an owner of the Quad Cortex, that sort of setup, you know, splitting the signal and, yeah. you know, it might put a lot of compression on the low end and nowhere near as much on the high end, just distort the top, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah. Is a is a system that I use really often with bands like uh, with, like with Dala, uh, with Kim Jennett, any sort of heavier music, I've gone for that approach. I am considering bringing that concept into kind of like the function and wedding and corporate work I do. But no one's ever really said to me, oh, the bass sounds good, but only if you distort the top end. <laughs> Don't really use a lot of distortion no. in those lines of work. No. So, love it. If I didn't already have my AO900 I and was in need of an amp, I would actually genuinely consider buying this. Yeah, um, I think it's... Uh, I, I love the idea of the circuitry behind it and... Uh, that's you know it's been tried and tested for a long time that in in the studio as well that's what people are doing splitting the signal compress the low and take some highs out and then distort the the high signal so you get a nice tight low end that and the distortion is punching through the mix without sucking out the low end so that's essentially what this circuit does if you didn't know about the the idea behind the microtubes x pedal and now amp um i have owned the pedal uh, when oh, have you? Came out. Yeah, I had the, not the Ultra, I don't think. Did I? No, not the Ultra. Did you have the one that was like a slightly bigger enclosure and it had like the EQ sliders, but it wasn't the proper Ultra with two buttons? Yes, I think so. That's the, that's the X7. 
I think. Yes, it was the X7 yeah. that I had. Yes. Um, and it was really good. It was, I, when I had it though, it was at the end of my like dark glass obsession for a while. And I went off of it for a long time after that. It's very much that modern dark glass sound that you get. Um, I need to listen to more demos because I want to hear what like the low gain kind of sound is. I really like, and we've said it multiple times on this podcast before with dark glass products, being able to turn the like a blend all the way up and a drive all the way down and get that slightly crunchier, more present, uh, distorted, clean sound uh, kind of thing, which you're still getting a lot of the bass and it's not just all characterized by the, by the dark glass drive sound. Um, so that's one thing I always look for in these types of products. So I really want to hear the versatility of this. It would be cool if it had, I mean, this is, you know, asking for a lot, but to have like a, a lower gain drive setting, a bit like the microtubes, uh, the normal one does where you can go between the B3K drive and the vintage drive. Um, but then that's not really the point of this product. Uh, it might not be for me. I love the idea behind it, but I want, I want a, like a subtler drive perhaps i want to listen to i was going to say yeah it would be nice um i can't remember if this feature was mentioned on the on the videos i watched about it which is my own fault really um if you could have it where the amp runs clean but yet the compression and stuff is being applied to the low end i think you've got this nice step so you think you think you can do that or again you can apply some distortion but it's like just a little tickle at the top (laughs) You know, nothing crazy. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit. You know, like kind of, I'm putting the drive on. It's kind of, I don't know, 1.5K, you know, really high up. Just a little bit of grit at the top. Yeah. Or you're rolling the treble off and you're just distortion. Dis, distortion. <laughs> All right, Sean Connery. The, just distorting a little, just distortion. A little indeed, turn the distortion up. Yeah. Money penny. <laughs> um, this head costs around 1,200 quid as well. So not, yeah. not cheap. Normally, a lot of... I mean, it's not too bad, though, really. Like, a lot of amps... I always used to think it's like it roughly often worked out about one pound per watt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I know that's not like a definition of, yes, it's better, so it must be million watts. Um, But like, so considering all the features you get and applying that logic, and that was like 10 years ago, that's that's, that's still a pretty good price, I think. It's not bad for one. I mean, that's... I'm pretty sure I paid a really similar amount for my AO900 new. Mm. I swear I paid about a grand, maybe 1100 yeah. maybe. Um, so considering the absolute dumpster fire of a world we live in, since I bought that amp, I'd say it's not that bad. Yeah, and yeah, the AO900 the AO is still 1,050 quid on Anderton's at the minute. So. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. And that's a really good amp. Yeah, man. Really good. Yeah. Wish man. I could rack mount it a little easier. I'd like to stick it in a bit of a rack or I something. I don't know but... why they haven't done more things like that, like easier, like or even made their own rack for it. That would be brilliant. I always think that yeah. about... Maybe that's a topic for another day of like products we wish existed or like things we wish companies did. Because um, there's an amp out at the minute by GR, the people that do the really lightweight carbon fiber cabs. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping, hopefully getting one to demo um, because they do an amp where you can just click, click a button to bypass the EQ entirely and it's just a power amp. And I really okay. want something like that so that I can run a pedal only rig 
and just have that on there as well. So that then that's well, I mean, I already, I already do that. Yeah. With my dark glass head. I just run straight into the, I run into the return of the effects loop and it's just the same thing. Oh, there we go. Perfect. So actually you just need an amp with an effects loop. Yeah. In fact, and I... then you can bypass everything. Oh no, I don't, I don't think the, um, uh, I don't think the E500 has one because it's got all those effects built in. So it's like, what would be the point? No, I don't think the E500 has an effects loop. But um, yeah, you just need something like that. Mm. Or worst case, you just buy that Seymour Duncan power stage. Yeah, that's what else I'm They do a rack at. version of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was considering doing that and then I realized, oh, well, you know what? Let's just use the amp that you already own and see if you can make it work that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's a good concept because it means you've got full control in pedal land and then the head is just kind of like fueling a cab yeah etc etc exactly. uh, but me. yeah um but exactly but yeah this is a cool one from uh dark glass i like the look of this a lot and i will attempt to get my greedy mitts on it at some point in the near future mm, yeah big fan big fan overall nice one let's move over now to the fenderverse uh fender and squire um we have got some New colors uh, release some US web exclusive, saying that in quotes, colors of a few bases. Now, these are kind of come out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know who was asking for these or, or, or what, but we'll go through them anyway. We've got a limited edition Squire Sonic Bronco. Normally that came in black, white, and coral. You can now get it in purple. I don't think we've seen this purple anywhere else. Um, it Yeah. Cool. I'm up for more weird colors. That's fine. And then the uh, Sonic Precision Bass also comes in this lime green now, which I think is pretty disgusting. But someone out there is going to absolutely love that. The Sonic series is their very uh, entry-level series now. Um, and yeah, the P-Bass is 220 The Bronco is $210. So pretty good. Um before I move on to another Squire one, um, any comments about these two brightly colored bases? Uh, the green one is completely minging mm. in every single way possible, and I hate it. Uh, mainly because I would want it to be a white pit guard and yes. a maple neck. That's that exactly way what better. I thought. Yep. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, Bronco, though, looks all right, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Looks fine. Yeah, yeah, here for it. Someone no is no real, no real problems. Someone um, is going to be I all over that, nice. I'm sure. Yeah, and his name is Danny Higgins. Anyway, next, <laughs> check it out, Danny. You got to get one. Every purple base, I literally tag him in. I'm like, this is you, exactly. You. Yeah, every purple Spectre. <laughs> every basically, he's Prince. If Prince was from Stoke, so the next thing in terms of squires and colors is. They've bloody brought out the Rascal, the brand new Rascal. They announced it in black and green, and now they've announced it in shell pink. What are they doing? It's Barbie time, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. But come on. Like, I have a little moan about this. I'm all for it, okay? It looks phenomenal. Matching headstock, red top pit guard. Uh, yes, thank you. I feel so sorry for people that have gone out and bought it and then have gone, no. That's I, I would have rather have had that, you know, like so soon after the release. Really? This is classic Fender. They always do this. 
Um, yeah, that is really annoying because I would say the pink is my favorite out of all the bunch. Yeah. But I would have just bought the green one and gone, yeah, I'll go with the green one. Yeah. I I think it's my favorite. And then the pink comes out and you go, oh, great. Well, I wanted that. That is straight up not cool. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't. I, I think that is a way to get people to buy the green one because it's the one that they liked, I guess, the most, and then go, "Well, shit, sell the one, sell the green one, make a loss, and buy the pink one." But it means Fender's had two bases off you, hundred percent. And it's it sucks. They've done. This isn't nuts. the first time they've done things like this. They and I'm all for releasing new things, but give it six months. You know, give it a bit of time. They're just, yeah, I've seen loads of people with the pink ones already as well. So like people are buying them because of course, you know, if anyone was waiting to pull the trigger, that would have been the the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. So yeah, and I disclosure, the, the rascal is bloody fantastic as well. I've got one here and it's so good. Um, So yeah, if you're going to go out and buy one and you're in the US, hey, you can get a shell pink one, you lucky buggers. Um, but yeah, it's only in America. It's not in, not in, not in old blighty, I'm afraid. So yeah, that's, that's not fair, especially only because Andrew's got one and yeah. I've looked at all this pulse and gone, I, I hate you so much. It looks so nice. <laughs> it's so handsome. Just like you. Damn it. Exactly. Damn it. Um, right. Next bit of news sticking in Fenderland. Um, they have released something really like left field, which I didn't expect them to do. Okay, moving on. But staying in Fenderland, um, we have got a new base that's completely out of left field. I didn't see this one coming at all. Um, it is a new limited edition Su Suona Suona Jazz Bass Princess Siona. Um, that's how I'm going to say it. Um, jazz Bass. Very well. Thin line. And what's normally there in a thin line telly? It's a jazz bass with an F hole. Yes, that's right. You heard me correctly. We've got a semi-hollow jazz bass from Vendor in this like crazy, well, not crazy. It's not crazy at all, actually. It's very normal, but a very nice looking, I'd say it's like, it's not sunburst. It's a bit of more of a muted sunburst, but I really like it with a matching headstock, black pit guard. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, they say that it adds, boasts exceptional clarity, lively resonance, and a warmth unique um, you know, ooh, gives me goosebumps. Um, I would really like to play one of these because I've got semi-hollow basses and I've had experiences with them before and they're always really good fun. Um, but I've never had a Fender one. And yeah, in a jazz bass format, I think it's really interesting. Um, so yeah, I think it looks really cool as well. There's one thing I don't like about it though. What, and what's that? It's the price. Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly a sire, is it? Not quite, I'm afraid. No, I mean it's it's six sires to be specific. <laughs> maybe five. Yeah. Maybe five actually. It's in dollars, it's three thousand one hundred dollars. Wow we um and but it's still in stock, everyone. Don't worry, it's in stock. Um, I wonder why. Yeah. But it's uh it's got a a roasted flame maple neck and yeah, I love the matching headstock on it. I think that's really nice. Um and yeah. It's cool, man. I couldn't say either. I'd, I'm, I would be jumping out to buy one at that price, but if Squire did one, I'd be like, yeah, I'll give that a go. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. nice. Something different. Yeah, we'll go with that. Something yeah. different. <laughs> your your hesitation is, is telling me that you're not a fan. 
I love the finish. I love the fact that the finish continues onto the headstock. That is super cool. And that's kind of it. Fair enough. But I've never played if I've never played a I've played many semi-hollow guitars. Mm. Not a semi-hollow bass. I don't really know what the advantage is there that much. Um it looks really nice. I don't like the F hole. But uh like I said, again, I really like the finish. <laughs> Yeah. I would not pay three grand for it though. That's no. absolutely mental. That's loads of money. Yeah. It's pretty pretty mad, uh, that amount of cash. Um shall we move on to the next bit of news? Um let's talk about some more fenders. Now we've got to be quiet about this one because there's been a leak, I'm afraid. Oh no, a yes. leak, I hear you say. There's been a leak. Um and uh it's Fender, it's happened again. I don't know what's happening to them. They're doing some new Vintera basses and guitars. Oh, baby. So we've got some new 70s Mustang basses, a bass six on the way. Uh, and yeah, all sorts of P bass, uh, jazz bass, new um, 50s telly bass type things. Man, um, I'm excited for these. Uh, I feel a bit naughty talking about them because it's. We're contributing to the leak, but that's what we're here for. We're here for the gossip and the tea, baby. But this one, um, we spoke about this briefly uh, during the week, Chris, didn't we? When we saw that these have been leaked, and there's we actually certainly did. There's actually more than I realized. More products than I realized. I just saw the Tele bass with the single neck pickup uh, in like this uh, vintage seventies, like yellow color, uh, and then. It was in a surf, uh, seafoam green as well, I think that one. Uh, and then also the Mustang with the competition stripe as well. Essentially, it's like the Squire versions, uh, but in Fender uh, Vintera kind of quality. So these are around like uh, 1,200. Uh, this one's in euros, but it'd, it'd be around 1,200 quid as well, I expect for us. Um, but yeah, cool. They're the Vintera, uh, it's kind of in the name, are often like vintage style instruments uh, normally going after a specific era. So it's cool to see these. We're getting 50s, 60s and 70s inspired things, uh, which is very cool indeed. The Bass 6 comes in uh, Fiesta Red, uh, which is very flipping cool. Um, and yeah, there's some, some cool variations in here and in the guitar world as well. Um, I want to say as well, you know, I was saying earlier about the um, the squire like looking the part, but like almost not quite in the neck department, or like there's something not quite as good as the yeah, original. Yeah. Um, this is what I mean. They're bringing out that like the squire version of that in the Vintera range, so like that kind of um, blonde P bass with a gold pickguard, and it looks so much better in the Fender one. Um, and I can't, I, I think it's the neck or it might be the body color slightly different, but yeah, it looks really, really good. That's, that's like my favorite look for a P bass. Um, what are your thoughts on these? I really like it. I really like the look of it. I think that, um, those two Mustangs in particular look really cool. The basses, not the guitars, obviously. Um, Really like the coral one. Um, it reminds me, obviously, of the Squire one that you've got, which I'm kind of, kind of want, mm. but can't work. Like I'm kind of toying with the idea of buying a short scale. I know Hold the phone. 
Hold the I phone. know. And and the best part is it's purely out of laziness. <laughs> I, I don't want to stretch my hand over that far. Well, you know, like, Johnny, like, I'm sometimes stood on stage for, like, two hours plus playing. Like, it's a lot, man. Like, I know there's a lot of people who go, oh, I play loads. It's like, no, you play for half an hour, mate. I'm on stage for ages. Mm. Like, and then you're waiting around, or you've played another set in the afternoon, like... The covers, the covers scene can be pretty grueling, and I do most of my gigs with my music man, which is a really heavy bass. Yeah. And if you stick a GoPro on the headstock as well, Ooh. like oh my god, it's heavy. Like, it, and I know there'll be someone out there who goes, "I've got a 1962P bass, and it's bloody well heavy." <laughs> it's not as heavy as my music man with a GoPro <laughs> stuck to it. <laughs> it's and- just not. I'm sorry because they wouldn't make a bass that heavy. It's stupid heavy. It's like a, one of those PVT40s or whatever. They're like, when absolute ton, it's like half a tree exactly. you got there. Exactly. It feels like I'm, I'm trying to carry a telly up a flight of stairs. Like, it's it's pretty mega. But, um, yeah, so I'm considering... That's why I was thinking of, you know, the Aerodyne's quite light, if I remember correctly, because I can't remember the last time I picked it up. And uh, the jazz bass is way lighter. The, my lightest bass is actually my Dingwall. My Dingwall is... Re- they're a really light bass. Oh, nice. um, but they're not light but neck heavy the, the, it's a very well balanced bass I will say that I'm just not great on a five str- I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. For anything that isn't like Dala stuff, so like riff-based music, I need to get a little bit better at kind of being like, the problem is I think the E string is the A string a lot. And obviously that's not a good mistake to make on stage. So mm. I'm trying, just trying to, I might need to bite the bullet and maybe just terrify everyone and bring it to jam night mm. or uh, just play some sets of covers bands that I've already been in with it at home and get used to it. I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, a lighter bass is something I'm, I am, seriously considering we'll see yeah I, I i never used to find weight a factor like that ever bothered me but now it does um that's what i didn't like uh, that's what i don't like sorry about my usa music man uh, stingrays are heavy man they're heavy yeah um my rare 34 weighs a it's a heavy bass yeah and that takes a toll on our old fragile bodies um absolutely with, um, our old 28 year old bodies yeah. are falling to pieces oh, goodness too like too many bases and amps upstairs um the the ray four though weighs like way less way less there's yeah. less going on in there electronically and wood wise so makes sense but but there we go but yeah some cool 
new uh, Fender bases coming our way. So they're, they're like vintage reissues, but with some twists in there and some new colors and things like that that we haven't seen much before as well. So that's cool. Um, we're going to finish off the Fender talk now with a bit of a, just a fun one, which isn't really bass related, but kind of is at the same time. Uh, and it is the Fullerton Precision Bass Ukulele. We have got a ukulele in the shape of a cute little pea bass. It's so cute. I love it. And the machine heads as well. They're like proper, proper, it's like a proper bass. Uh, it's so cool. It's not like a, uh, a uke bass where you've got like those thick black um, rubber strings on it. It is just a normal ukulele, um, but in the shape of a P bass. Comes in a limpet white, comes in a sunburst with a classic uh, tortoiseshell looking pit guard on there. Yeah, I'm here for it. It's If I was going to get a ukulele, it's going to be that one. I, I really want one. Yeah. Genuinely. Really want one. I am, I am actually really considering... I've actually been asked by an employer to consider purchasing an acoustic bass oh, in no. the near future. But I've told them no, but I will buy a bass ukulele. And then when I explained to them what a bass ukulele was, in terms of the big fat rubber strings, it sounds like a double bass. Especially if you get a good one with a good preamp. They were like, yeah, yeah, man, sack off the uh, acoustic bass. Get get one of them. I mean, if you could get... I've had two people now ask me to learn how to play double bass. Oh. And I told both of them to politely shove it because they're absolutely massive. <laughs> yeah, that's one and thing. And I'm don't not a get. I'm not I'm not a gear carrying guy. I do not bring a lot of gear to gigs. You're gonna get one of those like really thin, like small electric ones that look a bit ridiculous. I was considering it. Really? I was actually considering it. But we'll um we'll see. But yeah, in particular, this looks really good. I can play a bit of ukulele. There is a ukulele in my house somewhere. I just can't remember where. But ukuleles are really fun. I know, like, they're really good. And if you're bored, you can just play the two highest strings are, like, the low E and A strings. So you can just play, like, Metallica riffs on them, and it's great. <laughs> that's what I did. But that's what I want to see for your next cover as well, then. You need to get that ukulele. And to there's, a video on, there's a video on my Facebook. I'll try and find it for you. Of me playing Master of Puppets on a banjo uh, strung in guitar tuning. And it sounds rubbish. <laughs> sounds insane. So bad. Lee bad. Um, these ukuleles are $300. So bargain. Pretty good. I mean, I actually don't know how much ukuleles are, to be honest. Like a good one. Uh, you, can get, you can get ukuleles for really cheap, like 50, 60 quid sometimes. Like yeah. the Ma Mahao ones. Um, and then they go up and up and up. The sky's the limit. Like obviously loads of boutique brands make them as well. Yeah. So one of them, you can get one for really cheap if you want. The same way you can get a guitar for really cheap or a bass for really cheap. I just Googled because I wanted to see like what, how much you can spend on a good ukulele. I just typed in ukulele Go on. good into Google. Go and, on. And the Fender ukuleles were the first result. So there you go. Ah. They must be the best ones. Type in boutique ukulele. Boutique uke. Yes, as in like... Ukulele. There you go. Alpha, if you're listening, Alpha Instruments... I think you should make a ukulele. They've been doing some mini, like, um, mini guitars, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they're like short-scale guitars. Yeah. I, I, I only browsed at that very very briefly. I mean, everything they make looks amazing. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I have just seen the, the, the natural telly ukulele. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got to say this. This is the best-looking ukulele. I'm really sorry. I absolutely love that. I'm listening. 
So I have to go on the Anderson's website. Oh, that's nice. Oh, isn't that sick? Hello. Uh, it, How much are you? I think it's cheaper. Sorry, we're just geeking out about ukulele. Apparently, I'm a ukulele fan now. 220 now. quid. Wow, it's Fender Limited welcome Edition. To in, welcome to In the Uke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we get the law down on the high end. Hey, there we go. That's an idea. Who, we can, who, we can get, who would we get on as guests? The uh, Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. Every time. We just have a different member. Well, there is about 14 of them, so... That's 14 episodes. Done. Exactly. Done. Anyway, let's move on to the last bit of news. Um, it is a new preamp pedal from Aguilar. Aguilar, Aguilar. Agu just don't call it Aguila. I've seen... Yeah. I've spoken to an alarmingly large amount of people who have referred to it as Aguila. No. And I'm, I'm, I consider myself to be... I've been described as polite but blunt. Mm, I hear. And I feel like I feel like that would be a good time for me to go, sorry. <laughs> What's an Aguila? Sorry, it's definitely it's gotta that. be Aguilar. It is Aguilar, isn't it? I call it Aguilar, but I've heard other people call it Aguilar. 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 Yeah. But I say Aguilar. 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 It's that I, man. It's that I in the middle throwing us off. Um mm, it, I think it's silent. I think it's ag you. Maybe La. the A is silent. It's actually Gwilla. Gwilla. No, I Well, that. we're calling it that from now on. Yeah. The Gwilla Tone Hammer. Yeah. The Gwilla Own Hammer. <laughs> own, yeah, I was going to say Own Hammer, but it's Own, own Hammer. Um, or oh, if you're from where I am, Dawn Hammer. Tone Hammer. <laughs> hammer. No H. Hammer. Tone Hammer. Amateur. Um, this, they've got the new analog bass preamp and DI it's, they've done, they've done the tone hammer before in pedal format, but now they've done their AG amp, which is a slightly more scoopy, um, clean kind of amp. Uh, I actually really like the AG amp. Uh, it's, it's one up from the tone hammer, I think in terms of like pricing, it's a slightly more premium, um, head and yeah, it sounds really, really good. And it's preamp, yeah, sounds sounds good. I feel like that's just what everyone's doing now. Like, we're in the stage of, oh, you like this amp? Here it is in the pedal. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm here for. I feel like Origin Effects have really kicked this off now. They've done their two. Now we've got the Ampeg one. Now we've got this one. And there's, and there's loads to follow as well uh, that we're seeing coming out. So, yeah, you know, it's it's fine. It's it, There's nothing crazy about it it's you're paying 350 pounds for that sound if that's what you want great i don't think it's anything that like blows my mind so i need one um don't get me wrong would love to try one um but yeah that's just my kind of thoughts when i saw it the other thing is that it's got that ampeg thing where it's got a deep switch and a bright switch you know like on, a, yeah. on an svt and you can uh, have those two options and like 90% of the time with those kind of amps, I've got them both engaged <laughs> because <laughs> it, give, it gives you that scooped kind of sound because it brings the lows and the highs up. And it just sounds, sounds it's like you're going from passive to active when you go into that mode. It just sounds so much more juicier and exactly what I want in that moment from a live amp. Um, and so uh, it's got that on it. And the foot switch, there's one to turn the pedal on and another one to engage bright and deep and you can 
press the buttons on and off and then depending on your, what's on when the foot switch is activated it turns that on so i guess that's if you want like a little it's like a bit of a boost almost but not a not a bad idea yeah like i could i could see so what i i could do immediately with that is let's say i was doing a wedding i'd have the pedal on with a bit of eq already and then for all of like the vintagey sounding songs or the motown stuff or the really chill stuff i'd have the deep and bright off mm. so it's kind of like a nice even tone and then when we jump into something that's maybe a bit more slappy a bit more contemporary, a bit more punchy, you could hit both of those on, get a little bit of a low-end boost, but more importantly, get that treble boost and that slight scoop as well. And then the slaps are going to sound good. Maybe you're doing like some Dua Lipa or you're doing Uptown Funk or maybe you're getting the pick out and you're doing some some stereophonics. Um, yeah, look at me acting all hard because I play in a covers band. Ooh, look at me. Ooh, I'm a session musician. Meh. Uh, I'm leaving that in. Yeah, I can see why that would work, but I can also see why a lot of people might just be like, "Why?" When when the bright bit the the bright version just sounds better. So uh, that's where my mind sits because that's I'm a uh, very much with that kind of thing, kind of set and forget, and I use drive to give me that kind of boost that I want. But yeah, you explaining it in your context makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, so I think or you could do it good. with flats. So without the bright and deep, you're playing with flats, where it's like, I kind of want a bit of mid-range. I don't want to... I want a very even, smooth tone. You get your jazz bass out with the rounds, and it's nice and bright. Kick that on, nice and scooped. Fumming all over the shop. It's cool. It's I like it. I think it's a good pedal. Uh, I'm not buying one, because I don't need it, but it is a cool pedal. Maybe it's all you need. You've just described it in a way that makes me think it's all you need, Chris. I think you should sell yeah, you know what? just get that. You know what, Guila, Guila, Galar, <laughs> if you um if you guys are listening, uh I could use a job. That'd be nice, you there know. You go. If you Te- got a decade of sales experience and some would argue I can play bass. Wow. Put the two together, what have you got? Heaven. Sales bass. Sales baby. Um that I'm gonna beat you to it, because I know you like a segue. I think this is a great time to move on to our next section. No, Chris, I think it's a great time to move on to our next section. You son of a bitch. Well, Johnny. Hello. It's time. Interesting format change today Mm. because we're bringing back a segment huh. that we have not done for a little bit. I know. And it's my, I always say, it's my favourite segment. And, uh, and yeah, we haven't gone. done it for about six weeks. I wonder why I was so unhappy. Now I'm happy once That more. also, I've just realised, ruins, I set up a really good segue into a section that we aren't doing. We're going to do a different section and then segue into the section I thought we were about to do because I forgot we're about to do the section that we're doing now. <laughs> Wait, no, no, because I stole the segue from you. Oh, so it's all your so fault. It's all then. my fault. It's an Uno reverse. Oh, ah. well done, well done, idiot. Damn it! Great. Well, I guess it's time for that torn you on or whatever. Um, this is the section of the show where someone 
sometimes will sometimes will bring along a tone that they are enjoying at the minute or one that they're working on at the moment or just want to share because it's darn good rootin' tootin' fun um and that's what we've got this week um chris do you want to set this one up um i know your band dala have got a new single out is that right that is absolutely correct in fact i've brought with you i've brought with me high quality journalism i've brought with me a little snippet of said single so this is our second single it's called differ and it's out now everywhere and what i've done is i've taken the stems from the demo of the song turned them down and then i've recorded a sort of close estimation of uh what we did when we recorded what we did when we recorded the track, but then also kind of the live tone I'm going for when we start gigging and touring. Because I will throw a big disclaimer in here. We didn't record the track with the bass. I've recorded this section today. Mm. So right now, what you're about to hear is essentially you're going you're to hear my ding wall into my quad cortex with a preset that I've got called ding wall live which is basically the live preset I've used for the Dala stuff and also the Kim Janet stuff. It's kind of like your standard X ultra style crossover distortion going into a really scoopy Ampeg SVT style tone into an 810, loads of compression, loads of treble. It's, it's kind of the dingy wingy gent bass tone, but with a bit less treble, I find. It's a little bit more grunty but we did a similar kind of tone when we recorded this dollar single however i didn't have a ding wall at the time so we used a, a five string jazz bass which is somewhat similar because on both examples you're hearing two pickups in parallel because i've got the ng2 and that's where i've set the bass but then also the big difference is obviously the scale length so the scale length is going to give you a bit more clarity on those lower strings a bit more of an extended mid-range However, it's kind of funny because the strings on my ding wall are a bit old now. So you kind of lose that advantage a tiny bit. So it's not really as bright as I'd like it to be. But nonetheless, I'm pretty happy with this tone. You're also not as bright as I'd like you to be. But yeah. Let's, but let's... All right, all right, mom. <laughs> let's have a listen to it now. Bloody hell, I had to turn my headphones down when I first listened to that because it blew my socks off, literally. Um, sounds awesome. That sounds so tight. Like, I thought, like, oh, this is the official version. When I first listened, I was like, this is the official version. It's been edited. That is tight as hell, man. It's a good good going. Sounds good. Oh, thanks very much. Um, um, there's no editing on that. It's just, I just played the song. Yeah. And then I, I think that might be, like, the third take. Because to be honest, I think I forgot the chords for two of them. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, I've been practicing that song a lot um, with that kind of tone as well, because I'm sure you can agree there's quite a lot of drive on there. Mm. You need to be really solid with your left and right hand muting. And you've got to make sure when you do the muting, you're not 
hitting the bass or the strings in any way to kind of like add some additional noise. So you got to be pretty careful. I think a lot of people don't realize that when they're playing these kind of like genty songs or heavy music songs with lots of drive, you really have got to be careful because it can get out of control really yeah. quickly if you're used to playing a clean tone. It's almost like it's it's just as much about the notes you're not playing <laughs> yeah. as, as much as the notes that you are playing because that that's what really defines that uh, that rhythm section, uh, makes it really tight and clean sounding when there's nothing in between. So being able to art- oh, yeah, articulate absolutely. that is great. Yeah, it sounded, I could really tell that like split compression thing going on because it's super consistent uh on some of the like bits in earlier on um i love that mm. riff as well i think that's a really really cool part of the song so yeah i'm, I'll, I'm very glad you like it it's also my, i'd say my favorite riff in uh in that part of the song it's a uh it's a good one um i'm just having a quick look actually because i've got the quad cortex on the floor in front of me yeah a lot of it is kind of just i'm just having a quick look yeah we split the signal there's some compression on the low end the distortion on the top end that you're hearing is actually a capture of a dark glass Adam with no cab sim or anything like that on it. It's oh. just the distortion part or the distortion engine of the uh, of the dark glass Adam, and then both that that compressed clean low end and the distorted high end. I think it crosses over at about four hundred hertz, something like that. Hits an EQ, which is cutting at five hundred hertz. Because there's just no place for that kind of frequency in this style of music. It needs to be pretty scooped. And then that all goes into an SVT with a bit more compression. And then off we go. Yeah, nice. Well, So nothing too complicated. But it sounds to me, Chris, like, you know, somebody out there could benefit from from this being turned into a preset. Uh, Is that so? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Should we move on to our next segment? I reckon we probably should. It's time for the bit that I spoke about 10 minutes ago. Wow. It's big. It's bassy. It's it's a mass debate, some might say. It's a big bass debate, Chris. It is the big bass debate. However, we kind of planned this as question two, but I guess we're dropping question two and yeah. doing it as one kind of one kind of thing. Yeah. We'll call it that for this week. Yeah. One kind of thing. So, one kind of thing. So... I'm going to present it as a question, but it is kind of a debate. Will you guys ever release any presets for the Helix slash Quad Cortex? Well, Chris, I'll have you know, if you use code Johnny Dibble at line6.com, you too can sound like me. Um, no. Uh, this, is a, this is a funny one, actually, because this is a question that I've received quite a lot in the past i use the line 6 hx stomp so the smaller version of the helix um or the smallest version i should say um for all of my bass tones and guitar tones for any recording at home it's it's perfect for what i do now because it is very much preset based you can create all otherworldly tones within it and then you can upload it for other people to use or send it off for people to use. Um, there's a system that allows you to do that and save your presets as files and upload them for other people to download. Um, however, uh, with presets within the Line 6, 
I just don't really have that much interest in doing that. And I don't think what I'm doing is very complicated at all within there to warrant somebody else, you know, oh yeah, you download this. And they'll be like, oh, it's just, that's it. It's an amp and a cab, <laughs> pretty much. Like I'm not doing anything complicated in there at all. You can do things complicated. There are people out there who do very complicated things within it, but I'm just not one of those people. So to answer the question, I know we'll talk more about presets in general, but to answer the question, will I release any? I, I can't see myself doing it, to be honest. I don't think I've got that much to, to give in that element. I, from a demoing point of view, I tend to keep things pretty flat so that it's not overwhelmingly coloring the sound. So yeah, that's my kind of stance on it at the moment. Um, Quad Cortex, a little bit different maybe? What's your thoughts? Maybe. I mean, there is also a system in the Quad Cortex where you can upload presets to um, to a cloud and then using the Quad Cortex app, you can basically download those. It's all for free. And then you can download those and store those in, in, in your Quad Cortex. It also serves as a pretty good like backup. So for example, if I if I rented a Quad Cortex for a reason in the future, or for some reason, obviously I'm touching wood very aggressively here. Do not make a joke out of that. My goodness. Good God. I was wondering why your camera was off. Um, if my Quad Cortex was to break for whatever reason, I had to get a new one. I could always get the new one and rip my presets back off my own account, and then I'd be I'd be good to go, for example. But yeah, I can definitely see it um, for something like the Quad Cortex as well. There's a lot of really good players out there who do some really, really crazy sounds, both in the guitar space and the bass space. And it's kind of cool as well to kind of... I like it because it's, it's kind of an insight into how someone pr uses something as quite complicated as the Quad Cortex, because it has got four lines of processing you can choose to use them in pretty much any order you wish so for me it's actually been really useful to find uh find like a bass guitarist who uses it on say youtube or or gigging or something like that download the preset try it through my rig with my hands and see what i like what i don't like and then take the bits and incorporate that into my own uh into my own workflow. A great example, again, is to mention Eric for the second time in this podcast. He did a really great YouTube video where he essentially got a, a capture of an OC2 and blended that with the Octaver inside the Quad Cortex, which is more like a POG than a Boss Octave pedal, and then blended those using some of the signal routing to kind of create something that sounds like an OC2 or a vintage-style octave, but tracks absolutely flawlessly because it is, at the end of the day, a digital octave effect inside the quad cortex. So that is really useful. Otherwise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known how to do that. I think that's a really good point to bring up as well about the fact that the quad cortex is a profiler as well because the idea of having presets and downloading things from other people is that you can access things that you cannot access anywhere else. So within like yeah, the, exactly. the HX Stomp, that's it. You've only got the things that are inside it. Maybe some IRs uh, that you can add in. But like in terms of amps like and pedals and effects, that's it. Whereas Quad Cortex, there might be some super vintage amp 
or some really desirable expensive app that somebody has profiled and now is just giving to people to have at their own leisure you know uh same similar thing for like the Kemper uh, what you can do there and and that's where like I think oh yeah the sharing of presets and things like that is golden like so good for for doing things like that um so going back to the line 6 hx stomp or they'll just say the helix for for ease um yeah there's you you've kind of just got everything in there um i like what you said as well about um i've lost all my words now you've taken them from me christopher um sorry that's it about playing it through your own rig and using your own hands because let's not forget somebody might build a preset and it might not sound how you want it to sound like um i know ian martin allison's just released a load of presets um and some people doing them and they probably sound amazing and then some people playing them maybe not so much but i think a lot of that you know he's an incredible player with some incredible basses uh and all sorts of other gear and like he makes it sound so good because he's such a good player you know uh so some people might purchase that and then not get on so well uh and think oh well like this sucks you know but actually it sounds good played a certain way so presets in a way it, they have to be tweaked to the user's liking anyway. So is that, you know, does it make sense for the individual to download that preset? I guess it's a starting jumping off point for somebody to build a tone. So from inspiration from that, maybe. But yeah, do you need to pay for that if you're just going to download it and then tweak it? I don't know. Yeah, true. And I think what I'm just thinking about what would be more valuable for me, what I would rather see instead of just a instead of just like a file with some presets because the Kemper's murder for this like when I had a Kemper you would just you would download a, a, a profile pack that some big producer has used um and it had like it would have like 50 profiles and 50 presets and stuff and you'd load them up and you'd run through about 40 of them and just think that's rubbish don't like that at all yeah. and it's because through my jazz bass it might sound like shit but through I don't know, a Hofner with tape wounds, it's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, like those kind of things. So I would like to see if I was purchasing something like this, I would rather have the player sort of sit down and go, okay, this is the preset pack. And there are lots of people who've done this. And my understanding is, I think I saw Ian, in to use an example, because he's just released a pack, um... I believe he did an Instagram live, which is kind of saved on his profile. I, I'm yet to watch it. I have bookmarked it. What I think what he's doing is he is going through all of the presets in the preset pack. It was about an hour long, so I haven't, I haven't actually started watching it yet. But I think that's what he's got up there. And he's kind of talking through, you know, we're starting off. This is the signature pack. And the first thing in the chain is the compressor. It's set to this. This is kind of how I like it. Well, this is what I'm hoping he's done. Because if it was me, this is what I would do. I'd be like, okay, this is my, like we just did. It's like, okay, this is my Dingwall preset that I use for Dala. The first thing in the chain is a noise gate. Obviously, I've done this because this this is why I've done it. It's kind of like I'm giving context behind yeah. each decision. So then you, as a as a learner, for a learning opportunity, can, can go, oh, I see he's... Um, 
he's done a crossover effect where he's got some he's got the low end clean but the distortion is only affecting the upper mid range oh i don't really understand why you would want to do that but then that person explains well i've done this because it means the low end is nice and clear and there's lots of clarity it's not being distorted which could lead to like some problems for a pa um i'm providing a nice fundamental low end that's consistent and then the person goes oh i see i would like to do that and then they can copy the elements of the preset that they enjoy mm. and maybe not use the bits that they haven't you know i've used an svt in mine maybe you don't like svts maybe you're more of a, a galleon kruger kind of guy maybe you maybe you don't like using amps maybe you want to take my crossover effect thing and run it into a di pedal and that's good enough for you but because you've learned the reason behind my process, it's a learning moment for you and you can go forward and, and sort of cherry pick the bits that you like. That's what I want to see. I think that's what's he, what Ian's done already. If so, that's wonderful. If he hasn't done that, I would like to see that because I think he's a fantastic sounding player. Like all his videos sound brilliant. He, he takes what many would consider to be like a budget piece of equipment, a.k.a. the HX Stomp, and makes it sound absolutely fantastic. I mean, we'll ignore the fact that either side of the HX Stomp is an incredibly expensive compressor and a really expensive Noble DI. Mm. But, you know, still, it still sounds great. To be honest, I reckon you could hand him a piece of shit bass going straight into Focusrite preamp, and I reckon he'd still make it sound really good. Yeah, yeah, and that's not... And I've done exactly that where you download uh, presets or even just like plugins and be like, this sounds awful. Uh, and it's and it's down, it's totally down to me. It's totally down to the player and the hands that are going through it because that contributes so much. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't know. With that kind of thing, I don't know whether you should charge people to take it because you've got that caveat or it needs to come with that context because that's so important because i imagine a lot of people could be quite disappointed if they don't enjoy something and they've and they pay for it um but yeah uh, i mean bless him ian probably gets thousands of messages a day about presets he is like the biggest hx stomp uh he's probably sold line six so many of those units <laughs> um so he probably gets so many messages about what are you doing i need presets presets when are you releasing presets um and things like that so yeah i i expect it's been a long time coming and putting these together um but yeah i think it's just not it doesn't really interest me to like download someone else's thing i'd rather discover it for myself that's not to say it's wrong to download someone else's preset and go for it that's totally fine um but like yeah it's just i i like tweaking and things like that and, and discovering things and twiddling through and and finding things out for myself find that quite fun that's half of the joy <laughs> of like chasing down this tone so yeah that's just me um i don't know if i have anything else to say about that one i think i might be spent how about you i think i might be too i feel like um the short i mean technically i have actually already released presets because there are presets under my name on the quad cortex cloud app i mean they're nothing amazing it's like i think i made one about a year ago which is kind of like what i was using at that particular moment yeah for covers gigs um i think the patch i used in dead romantic is still up there but it would be cool to kind of like i might real i might upload soon the sort of tweaked version of what i've been using for covers gigs and then this live dingwall patch 
because it would be I, I remember someone tagged me a while ago in a video where they'd said oh i'm using this preset that i basically nicked off you and it sounded really great but it also sounded really different because i'd made the preset i think maybe with my with my jazz bass, which has old strings on it. Yeah. So I might have upped the treble a bit to compensate, whereas this person was playing a, an active five string with, I'm guessing, maybe quite new strings. And it sounded fantastic, but it didn't sound like what I did. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of cool. It's nice to see I put this thing into the world and you've gone and made it your own, which is what the end result of what I would want to do is I won't want to release something and go, don't you dare change it. This is the best amp tone you'll ever hear in your life. This is perfect. And then say to people, don't change it. You're not allowed. You kind of want to throw it out there and go, hey, this is what I'm doing. I think it's cool. Uh, if you like it, sweet. If you don't, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to look at it, really. And that's the way how everyone should look at it because it is what you make it at the end of the day. And it, depending on your how you play, your playing style, your genre, you know, you can apply it in so many different ways. So it, that requires tweaking to some extent. So yeah, that has to Absolutely. be. Super duper. Um, Chris, thank you so much. What a lovely episode. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us uh, to submit questions for us to answer on this very podcast, you can do so by heading over to our Instagram accounts. That's at Johnny Dibble for myself and at that guy on base for our boy, Chris. Um, we, weekly publish stories uh, on our stories uh, with a poll on there where you can submit your questions and that is how we uh, answer them on this show so yeah go ahead give us a follow submit your questions chris what else have you got going on in your life where can people find you uh you can find me pretty much everywhere under that guy on base check me out on freds i'm really enjoying freds at the moment i think it's a really good app it's like twitter but not rubbish and not ran by a complete bloody moron um, sorry, did I say that out loud? Maybe I did. By a man who should probably just stick to cars and putting people in space. Isn't it a shame? Sorry, not to get on my soapbox. Elon Musk could be Batman right now. <laughs> or at the very least, he really could be Iron Man. Like, he really could be Iron Man right now. But instead... Oh, I nearly went really political then. Instead, he's ruining Twitter. We'll just call it that. We'll just say he's ruining Twitter. I could go harder, but I won't. Anyway, that guy on bass, check me out on Freds and Instagram and TikTok and all that jazz. Please listen to my band, Darla. We have two singles out at the moment. One is called Sequel. The other is called Differ. They are available everywhere. We have two videos on YouTube. The songs are on Spotify and all that jazzy goodness. It's not jazzy at all. It's very heavy. Um, but yeah, please give us a follow. It'd be very much appreciated. And... Um, more big things coming soon. Hint, hint, Johnny, over to you. Wink, wink. Nice. Yeah, all the links for that is going to be in the description of this podcast. You can check it out for yourselves. Um, for me, yeah, just at Johnny Dibble everywhere. Um, and on, make sure you go and subscribe on the YouTubes, etc. as well. That's where I do most of my stuff. As well as um, I just want to say thanks very much, everyone, for listening. See you next time. Ta-ta.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.